I started literally with zero dollars and I had no money in my bank account and I was literally cutting up cardboard box. Welcome back to another episode of the BLN segment. For our listeners, this is a series where we highlight individuals that show how they've not only believed in themselves, but how they've challenged their limits and inspired others to do the same. Today we've got a pretty special episode. We got the college dropout turns real estate mogul who's dominated the Cleveland housing market. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> um, college dropout turned real estate mogul who's dominated the Cleveland housing market and has been continuing to challenge his limits, looking to do some huge things in 2021. Uh, he owns a company called Cleveland Cash Offers with a few others and is looking to start a business, another business here pretty soon. Uh, so we got Chase White. Thanks for How's it going, guys? Today. Thanks for having me. Uh, and we also have a second special guest today, someone who played Division Three college basketball at Mount Union University. Now he does 1v1s against professional basketball players and has a successful YouTube channel where he records and posts the entertaining games that he plays, as well as tracking his journey to making it to the NBA. We have Devontae, the pro hooper, Frigga. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me as well, man. Yeah. Happy to be here. Absolutely. We're happy you guys can um, both come on today. It's pretty awesome. Um, so... Today, we're going to get into both of these guys' stories, kind of, you know, where they started up until this point that they're at now, um, discuss the types of challenges they might have faced and how they overcame them, uh, you know, whatever they're up to, you know, anyone can be an entrepreneur with the right mindset and the ability to persevere through hardships. Um, so before we get started, I'll kind of kick it off. So I, I know Chase from uh, back at college and John Carroll. We both lifted in the same gym, saw yep. each other on a pretty daily basis. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> uh, since then, Chase started his own company, it's very successful with it. Um, I've heard his story a couple times now, it's pretty incredible. Um, so that's kind of how I got to met Chase, and then Chase knows Devante. Um, you guys want to kind of go over how you guys know each other? Yeah. Dude, that's a funny story, actually. So I think I met Devante. I think you added me on Snapchat because because of your little brother. because of my Grayson. little brother. Yeah. yeah, I was really good friends with Grayson. So Grayson and I went to Mount Union together. Actually, okay. Grayson's two years younger than me. He still goes there, but he was flying his drone on campus. And I had a side company where I was just shooting photos and videos for uh, real estate agents, actually. And I brought that up to Grayson uh, and Joe and I worked together. It wasn't just my company; it was me and Joe. We were running it, and. Uh, and we talk about real estate all the time. And then we saw Grayson flying his drone on campus, like I said, and we went up to him, talked to him and stuff. And then he was like, oh, my brother does real estate, this and that. And then added him on Snapchat. I mean, then we kind of just have been talking ever since. Really. And, uh, we did we did a couple of deals here yeah. and there. But, like, I don't know. if I, I didn't really go all in on real estate how Chase did. Gotcha. And so then we kind of, like, did our separate things as entrepreneurs. But we've still been in contact. I think, but we still built off like pretty much like the same values and like, like what it kind of takes mm -hmm. the person to be to like do the stuff that we do and stuff like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. For sure. We did do a couple of deals. <laughs> yeah. It was good. So Chase, how'd you get into real estate? So I, um, I was at John Carroll. So I actually, I dropped out of grad school. Not undergrad, so gotcha. I did drop out of grad school. So I was an accounting major where, like, pretty much it got to the point where, like, people were getting internships and jobs like that, and I just couldn't get anybody to offer me, like, an internship or a job. And my one buddy, Alex, like, I was, like, talking to him one day, and he was like, hey, dude, I'm, like, trying to do this thing where I'm buying houses with, like, no money. And I was like, dude, are you crazy? Like, what are you talking about? And then, like... <laughs> He was, like, showing me and stuff like that, and we started to, like, try to make it work, and it took us, like, 18 months to, like, make our first money, but we would, like, just pretty much do anything it took, like, we would just buy cardboard boxes and cut them up and, like, post them on pools and stuff like that to try to get people to, like, call us and sell their house to us to some kid, some cardboard sign on a pole, but, like, started doing that, and... After like eight, like two years, we started like getting really into it. We kind of like, we still, we're both still in it, but we have our own companies and stuff like that. And yeah, today we're lending and rehabbing. We got like 13 houses under construction and 
we're still wholesaling and stuff like that. So that's pretty much where we are today. Gotcha. That's awesome. Uh, so Devante, you mentioned you were kind of in the real estate area too. And, um, I mean, now I like, look, I looked at your, um, your YouTube now. It seems like you're pretty, uh, focused in on the, all the basketball stuff. How many yeah. subs you got now? Uh, 385,000. Holy fuck. That is a lot. It's crazy. It, this time last year, I think I was at like 30 or 40,000, but I was actually talking to Devin. I played him the other day. It was this one-on-one game for a video and stuff. I was going to mention that. And he popped up a screenshot. It was, I was at like 85,000 in January. Like you were at 85,000 earlier this year, 11 months ago. Which was just, and then the whole game day stuff, and then it sparked. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But that's how social media works. Right. Once you find a niche, or once you find a differentiation, when you can find out what part of social media you can like. Because the way I looked at, the way I saw it really was, no matter what you post online, you're always going to fall into a category or a community. So I was posting basketball stuff, but what made me grow was being the only Division three basketball player. You know, so I, I started a social media course where I help people grow on social media. Most of the time, I tell them, like, it doesn't matter who your inspiration is, because for the most part, we're always inspired by people because we're like, holy shit, they get to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. For the most part, it doesn't matter because you're going to you're gonna copy what they do, and I guess, like... Uh, try and redo it and it'll never work and it it's about kind of like finding your niche really finding where you can be different and then you just it's just continuous repetitive nature just doing it over and over again but yeah, it's like, like again like, that's with any any business yeah you know yeah but like Gary Vee says just like keep posting nonstop. Yeah. yeah consistency right yeah. so what was that niche for you being in uh, division 3 college so, basketball so like honestly yeah. It started because I, I fell in love with the way this guy named Casey Neistat created videos. I fell in love with it. He was like vlogging. Do you know him? Yeah. And he was vlogging his life. And they were quick and, videos too. Right. Yeah. It was nothing crazy. But the thing is like there was a story every single time. So it made you want to know what was going to happen next. Right. And then I, so I just fell in love with that. And I saw a whole bunch more people falling into the YouTube realm. And I was just like, okay, well, why are these people doing it? Right. They have, cre- they have interesting lives. So I picked up a camera and I started vlogging my life. I had a daily vlog for like 75 to 85 days in a row in college. And I did I wasn't getting any views. It was like maybe 10 to 12 views every single video. It was but I still felt like I was still in love with doing the videos because it was just fun to me. Like it was cool. And then I started to get pissed off because then it didn't be it, then it wasn't like just for the fun or the love of creating the videos. Like I wanted an audience. And so I create I did one video. And it was like day in the life of a Division three basketball player. And I think it got like 10,000 10, views or something like that. And I was like, holy shit. I remember awesome. that. I remember this that, awesome. yeah. So then I was like, okay, maybe I'll just do another Division three thing. And so then I did like, how good do you have to be in high school to play D3 basketball? And it got like 185,000 views. And I was like, oh, no shit. Like, so then I started uploading <laughs> Division three stuff. But I didn't know why it was catching on until I realized, okay, I'm the only person on YouTube in this community posting anything about Division Three basketball stuff. So I stuck with it. And every single title was D3 Hooper does this, Division Three basketball player, Division Three, D3, this and that and that. And then it just became my thing. And I was the Division Three basketball player on YouTube. And then once I started to build the audience, then I could do anything I really wanted from there. But, it, but social media is so, like, tactical. You have to do small things to build the audience and then once you're different you just pile everything on top of that and you just keep going consistency it's almost like you find it on accident and there is like a huge audience for that stuff there's like so many kids that are like d3 basketball players that yeah well i was just telling you i had that course and i told somebody the other day He's like, yeah, I have the, I have a gaming channel. I'm like, okay, well, like, what makes you different? He's like, I don't know. I'm pretty good at Call of Duty. I'm like, all right, well, it's not good enough to just be fucking good anymore. Yeah. You know? Because everybody's uploading Every, content now. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, imagine if you're scrolling on YouTube or you're scrolling on Twitch or something, and you just see, okay, um, you just see somebody's playing 2K, and they have, like, 2,000, 3,000 lit-up candles behind them. 
doesn't make any sense, but you won't forget it. And you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Right. And now the next week you see them and they have like some crazy big ass hat on and it catches your attention. And now exactly back to that story thing. And now they're different. It's like, okay, what are they going to do next? And it's just like focusing on, again, a different, what, where you can be different. Like why, why is, why should I give a fuck about what you're putting out? Yeah. Like why do I care about your content? You know? Yeah, kind of like, remember before we started this, I was talking to you, like, a lot of people, they're just, like, trying to come up with, like, a new idea, you know what I mean? And it's like, you could just do what everybody else is doing, but kind of just, like, do it better, you know what I mean? And if you can do it better, do it different, you're going to capture that share of the market. Exactly. It's almost, like, so self-explanatory that it doesn't make sense, because... If you just like look at the big picture of like all businesses, and this is like with social media and everything, any business, anything that's generating you money, if you're doing it consistently and you're doing it well and it's never been done, then like what's going to happen? You know, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. So I guess that's just how I look at it. That took a couple, I mean, you asked that question, that took a whole lot of time, right? <laughs> that's perfect though. I mean, that's the pretty much the whole point of it. It was a great discussion. Yeah, you got any topics? Um, I guess, uh, what was the biggest challenge with getting into the YouTube scene? Um, I guess, like, were you also into Instagram first, or did YouTube come first and Instagram followed? Chase kind of hit it right. Like, you really never know what video is going to go crazy for you. I posted, uh, I was posting on both, uh, like, I was posting daily on YouTube, and then... Um, you know, I posted one video and it did really good. So then I did that kind of topic again about Division Three basketball and it started to do well. But YouTube definitely took off first, for sure. Was that the question? Right? Did I answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're good. Um, so in terms of like length of your videos, you keep them, what, probably like 10 minutes? You know, usually around 10 minutes unless you're doing um, I try to keep them over 10 minutes. I try to keep them over 10 minutes, um, not just because of AdSense, but there's, well, two reasons. One, because of AdSense. But the second reason, <laughs> the second reason is because it's just, more, it's just more of like an entertaining feel. And, and watch time has a lot to do with like recommended pages and everything like that. Um, but the length of your video really matters when it comes to like monetizing. Because the way that AdSense works is like, if your video is six minutes long and you have, you can only put, okay, let me backtrack. If a video is under 10 minutes, you can only put one ad in there. Anytime it's over 10 minutes, you can put as many ads as you want. The more ads you put in there, the more money you make. But, um, I mean, at, at this point, it's not necessarily like how much money can you bring in. Once you get to a certain point, it's like you just, you're really in love with the content you, that you produce. Uh, but, Going back to what I was saying, if I have a video that's like six minutes and I put an ad in there and it gets like maybe a hundred to two hundred thousand views, it'll for the most part only generate anywhere from like three to four hundred dollars. But if you have a ten minute to twelve minute video around the same thing with like multiple ads every couple of minutes, it can generate anywhere from twelve hundred to eighteen hundred dollars if it gets a hundred thousand views. 100,000, 200,000 views. And it's pretty crazy because it actually goes by category. So you guys are all into business and stuff like that. Um, Graham Stephan, he's a YouTuber. He's got... Huge in real estate, yeah. Huge real estate. Uh, Out of LA, right? Yeah. Well, I think... I don't know, actually. I don't know if he's in LA or if he's in in Phoenix. Or not Phoenix, Arizona somewhere. But you might be right. He might be in California. He's... But he's he's, huge. He does real estate. And and CPM is a click per million on YouTube. So it's like how much you make every thousand views you get every month. So he's bringing in maybe 10 to 15 million views, but his CPM is like $30. So he's making anywhere from 150 to $300,000 a month just off. Yeah, I know. And we get the same amount of views, but we might only do maybe $30,000 to $40,000 off of every single month but it's the same is, amount of views which is crazy is that That's because the the like the cost for the ads in that segment no it's because of like um the category like it, there's so many athletes on youtube but there's less like investors and people mm-hmm. that talk about real estate like cooking is so big <clears throat> cooking cpms are like f- maybe 40 to 70 dollars every thousand views so you could you could be a cooking youtube channel and 
you could get like 5,000 views on a video and it can actually generate hundreds of dollars. But if I get like 5,000, it would interesting. maybe yeah. 30 to $40. Dollars. Yeah. Something like that. Get that meal prep going, Kyle. <laughs> That'll be yeah. the next step. I, mean, I saw your, your views, man. You got like what? A little close to 45 million views on all your videos? Yeah. Combined? Yeah, about 45 million. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's awesome, though. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, it's cool. crazy. Did you talk about when you uh, when you started? Right back in 2017, right? I actually had a YouTube channel in 2015, and and it was around. It was just not surrounded around about my name, and I wanted a personal brand more. So, like after I started watching these other YouTubers that were like Casey Neistat, and and then it was like Logan Paul, and these people were just their first and last name. So I was like, okay, I want to start a personal brand one. So I started the one that. I use now um, in 2017, yeah, so just about four years. Good old Logan Paul. <laughs> oh, man. He, he's, he's got some big fights coming up. Oh, I know. Crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. God. Is he the one that just called out McGregor yesterday? No, that was his, his brother, brother Jake. That was his brother Jake. Logan's that was fighting, aggressive. Logan's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I saw that. February on the 21st? Yeah. The 20th, maybe? But yeah, Jake Paul was... Like that was aggressive. With, that was that aggressive. Was I mean, I mean, he like wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he was going ballistic. Yeah, that crazy. Was, oh, TikTok to not forget. Chase, have you ever thought about starting a YouTube channel? Now that we're here, because <laughs> we're talking about YouTube and stuff, but you're sitting right here, and, I, and we're just, you know, I want to get into the real estate stuff too. But have you ever thought about it? I mean, obviously, it's I've thought about it. It's definitely, I think it would be cool. I think it's definitely something to build off of. Yeah, you'd have an audience, and I feel like I feel like having an audience like that motivates you even more. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's so much more motivating. Definitely something. I mean, I think everybody wants to be a YouTuber nowadays. You know, nothing that not that that's wrong. Are you no, 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 no? Are you public with like, or are you gonna give us a range about like of how much you make? Because you're young and you make a lot of money off of real estate, and it's like not public. So I just feel like the reason I ask you is because it's just interesting to see somebody start from like you mentioned like dropping out of mm -hmm. college i mean you didn't drop out of your undergrad and stuff but going from there to where you're at now you know so this month i've made 30 grand so far and i'll probably make forty-one thousand dollars this week so it's good i mean i'm definitely really blessed um See, but that's the stuff that didn't cool to watch. It yeah, would be, be cool. I mean, I, the, I've got I've got a lot of different sources right now. You know what I mean? I've got like 13 houses under construction. I've got deals wholesaling. I started like a, I'm starting to lend. Um, I'm just I'm just constantly trying to like do more things and like spread it out, you know, and. Mm -hmm. Try to keep it going and stuff like that. So I mean, I think it. I think there definitely is an interest for it. I, I know there's a lot of people like my one. This one guy I know who I've gone down to Columbus to see a couple of times. His name is like Austin, mm -hmm. and he videos himself. He's actually gotten pretty big on TikTok, and yeah, he's got a big audience. And stuff like that. Yeah, it's oh, man, it, it, the exposure is like, crazy. It's the number one platform. If I was starting off at zero right now on social media, I would use TikTok all day what's the revenue like that i feel like it's, it's like, not as much pennies to what you can make on youtube but that being said the views are so much easier to get yeah because the algorithm is twisted as fuck why oh i don't do it i don't know are you, <laughs> you on tiktok i am yeah i am are you big on tiktok it depends on what you call big because there's people with 49 million <laughs> i have 178,000 on tiktok but it's all. I mean, when you feel like I feel like that's I feel like that's, that's like a lot. It's all basketball. Everything. I, I, my whole brand is basketball related. I feel like that's a lot. But like, sometimes when you're going through TikTok and you see these people, they get like one hit and they have like two hundred thousand. Yeah, well, it's that's like what I'm saying like, yeah, okay, one hundred seventy thousand is good. I'm grateful for it, this and that. But when you talk when you talk about big, like I'm talking like five, ten, fifteen million. 
once you get into the millions, it's like ridiculous how much you make. I have friends that are YouTubers that have like five five million subs and they make like four or five hundred thousand a month just off of YouTube. Yeah. Not brand deal brand deals or brand deals you make even more. Um TikTok. It's like like I said, pennies to what you can make on YouTube depend again, depending on what ads are put on YouTube, how much money people are pouring into TikTok. Um but there's a guy um, R2B ball. I don't know your demographic that listens, but he, I mean, whether or not you, you're into basketball or not, you can look it up. R2B ball on TikTok. He posts all the time and he probably makes like an extra 1500 bucks a month just off of posting like clips from his YouTube. Onto TikTok? Mm-hmm. Hmm. My, my assumption, maybe 1500 or 3000 a month, just extra from posting on TikTok. But, it, but the good thing is like, he doesn't have to do anything. It's already clips from his YouTube channel that he's just throwing up there. And he probably sits there at night and just posts some every night. What do you think, like, all those kids that that are, like, in school that want to drop out and, like, start their own business or do their own thing? Because you, before you were even on YouTube, you had, like, a business of taking pictures and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wait, what did you say? Like, what do you think the biggest step for them to, like, uh, be an entrepreneur and be, like... Well, you you talked about it at first. It was just, like, your mission statement is just doing it, you know? And obviously not Nike, just do it. But, like, but like just, <laughs> like, getting up and making it happen. What is it? Uh, be all in. You got to believe, be challenge, and, it's, like, you got to believe in yourself, challenge other people. Or sorry, challenge your own limits. Mm-hmm. See so how like push yourself, and then you gotta inspire others. You're all in. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just starting, dude. Like, just for me, it was just pick up a camera and go. Like, and if yours is real estate, just like. So like building off that, like I think that like what I've seen like a common trend in like entrepreneurs and stuff like that, and in the social media space is like kind of like moving forward almost like fearlessly, like taking the next biggest step. And, like, I think a lot of people think that they have to be, like, really buttoned up to, like, start your business. Like, you have to have everything buttoned up. And I think, like, you just got to, like, do it and figure it out later. Like, you just, you got, like, in an RV and just started driving. Mm -hmm. Did you really have, it like, everything planned out or were you just, like, we're just going to figure it out? Like, you just got to, like, take the step, figure it out, take your biggest step forward that you possibly can that puts you closer to your goals and figure it out. That's with everything too. Obviously, it's easier for me, like to just be like, "Yeah, I'm out in an RV." It was like the start of most people's school year. But with that being said, you're right. I mean, you hit, hit the nail on the head there with like just starting. There's no, there's no perfect plan to start anything. I feel no. like, like we. A lot we, of people think that they have to have it because of this social media that like. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like it's damaging to like kids. You know because I mean? you don't you don't see or exactly. like find people that are successful on YouTube until they've already made it. And like you talked about how when you started blogging, you had eighty five some videos that only got ten to twelve views every yeah. video, and like it's hard to do that on a consistent basis and then not kind of get demoralized yourself and say, well, why isn't this working? What else do I have to do? And I feel like you know, like people don't see. People just see people that are successful with it and they're like, oh, wow, that must have just been so easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody has any idea, like, the work that even yourself put in, you know, going around selling houses or that you put in with the daily vlogs until you found that one thing that mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, this is so fun to watch. And, I mean, you don't just, probably very rarely, do you just find that one day. See, the answer to that is, like, if you just do something for the right reason, then you won't find yourself in a hole. Right? Yeah. You know, like, I fell in love with creating content. That's why I didn't give a fuck that I was only getting 10 views in the first 85 to 100 mm-hmm. videos, you know? Like, it was just fun to create stuff. And I'm sure, like, at first it was like, damn, I, like, when you were wholesaling, damn, I want to have that $10,000 flip. Yeah, stuff. dude. It, but you still busted your ass. You put cardboard signs up on a pole. You know, you gotta take that leap to be able to do that too. So. Did I ever do that with you? Did we ever go around and put signs? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you picked me up in your alpha by then. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh man. I mean, yeah, it's 
It's work. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna say something. I don't know what. He... Yeah, no, you're good. What was you're good. There, oh, I, I had like nine trains of thoughts over here, but uh, it's all good. I was just gonna talk a little bit about <laughs> a little bit about cash flow, and to the point where, um, you know, Chase was talking about his income a little bit, and if people don't necessarily understand that, you know, this isn't, you know, he might be making you know forty k this week or whatever the case may be, but that's not every week, right? And they don't see the hard work that goes into, um, you know any form of sale, whether it's for like a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, whatever the case may be. Um, but if we're going to talk a little bit about social media and creating content as well, people are scared in terms of that. They want to put out content that they know is going to be great. Right. And they want the quality to be a certain, you know, a certain, uh, up to a certain standard. However, when it's your first video or it's your first vlog, whatever the case may be, it is not, it's more than likely it's not going to be good quality. Right. But this is where, you know, you, you just need to be honest with yourself and be truthful to what you're trying to promote and be authentic um, because the right words will get out there and you can have a great title. You can have great transitions, this and that, whatever the case may be. But people see right through you if you're, you know, fake as shit. Um, so to your point is that, you know, you were getting you know, a few views for your first hundred, uh, hundred videos or so, but you were doing it because you loved it. And whether or not it ever became something, which it has become something, but, you know, at the time you, you didn't know if it was going to become something, um, but you were doing it because it was something that you were passionate about and, and look where it's leading you, you know, down a path that you definitely want to go down. Right. But, yeah. And, and, Transparency and, is huge on social media or else you're going to be fucked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, like Cam, you were saying, people like were afraid to not have something like perfect to post. I think it's just like a fear of failure that the culture today is just like scaring kids to not There's take so that step. Exactly. Like a bad comments that people are just going to like fucking oh, just try to tear you down. Like people oh, are nasty. And it, it does tear you down. That's the thing. Like even you can act hard and all you want. And I'm going through this right now, like literally as we speak, because our stream for the one-on-one, it was like this huge pay-per-view event. We had like 11,000 people in there. I mean, the, the whole stream itself generated like 110 grand yeah. in, in one day, right? And, and then the streaming company that we used was like hacked and illegally streamed a couple of times and it just fucked it up. Out of the 11,000 people that legally bought a ticket, there was still 67,000 people in there. Wow. And the bandwidth that we got was for how much we were expecting, right? So it was just uh, overloaded. And we knew we knew that there was going to be illegal streams, but that's why we put out there that it was going to get, like, if it gets hacked, it's, I wouldn't necessarily, quote, unquote, say not on us because our names are attached to it, you know? But so right now the problem I'm running into um, being, like, a name and a face to this whole event is – the hate from every single person yeah. that spent $10 just to be fucked on the back end when they could have watched it yeah. on YouTube for free, you know? And I get it. Like, I, I feel for them too, but I just, I, I'm running into all the hate comments now. And it does tear you down. I was literally in my bed today, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. My, my brand, I just felt like my brand was ruined. So I went to the gym and I still have shit to figure out, but. You're going to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there wasn't a plan to like, if I live stream, and then something gets hacked, then what's my next step? You know, it's just like, once right. you experience it once, then you know how to deal with it again. Right. Right. Wow, this is deep. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be pissed off no matter the situation. You could do right by everybody, and there's still going to be somebody that thumbs down your video or somebody that leaves a nasty comment just because that's the world that we live in nowadays, where cancel culture seems to be the social norm. To your point is that, you know, these people are looking at it like they did kind of get screwed over, even though that wasn't your intention. Like your intention wasn't to do any of that. But people always find the back door into something, you know, something, especially with technology nowadays with streaming. It would it would almost be like really dumb if our intention was to screw that many. <laughs> For, especially with that much money on the line, man, because now we're dealing with so many legal issues with the company like the streaming company like we're going like we're going after the streaming company and the provider we use because it was all tested before now we have to go through all of that stuff but yeah 
what was the uh, the live stream for? Was it just like because uh, he's also so, someone else who does yeah, basketball so videos? Dev, Dev in the lab. He was a pioneer for basketball content on YouTube, and he created a series called the Ten Thousand Hour Series about eight, maybe eight to ten years ago. I can't remember how long. Maybe six to eight years ago. Whatever. Grew a huge audience. Has a million something in China. Made like so much money just traveling doing basketball so everyone looked up to him because he was a motivator trained people to try and get to the next level and and then here i am just this division three basketball player in ohio and i was invited like here's devs like six years later he's training a whole bunch of people not on youtube too much but he has this thing called the academy um it's just this training program that he has in his app um and they invited me to do this gaming thing and I was just, I was just talking about mess, just being, just being stupid, and we were just going back and forth. And I called him out. I was like, let's play one on one, blah blah blah. And so then we got in contact with each other, and the whole YouTube, the basketball YouTube community wanted to see it because he's a good basketball player, and I'm a good basketball player. I'd like to say. And so people were like, we need to see his matchup, and we're and Dev, Dev threw it out there. He's like, well, why don't we monetize it? You know? And I'm like, well, yeah. In my head, I'm like, of course we're gonna monetize. He's like, no, why don't we do a pay per view? You know, and I was, and I had talked to another basketball player about this a while ago, AJ LePray. He's on YouTube as well, about doing a pay per view. And then, you know, Dev and I's teams got to got together, not physically, because I actually didn't meet him until last week. Um, and so we talked, we talked shit for three months straight online and sold the entire event. <laughs> um, it wasn't like fake beef though. Like we both really wanted to beat each other. You know, we we both really wanted to win. I ended up losing this game uh, a couple days ago. But it, I mean, it wasn't a big deal to me. I've, I've lost before, and I was trying to tell people, like, if you don't think my championship game loss hurt worse than this loss, then you're stupid. Like, I'm not... My feeling... Like, Dev hit it perfectly. My feelings weren't into this like it was. But to answer your question, it was a 1v1 pay-per-view live stream event um, in California. We just finished it out. But it was really cool. The event was really cool. Um, I have all the footage now, and... Um, it looks good, super professional, and yeah, I mean, it was awesome, though. I think it was really cool. First time anybody on um, the basketball side of YouTube's ever done anything like that, and for it to be that successful is actually fucking insane. That's sweet. sweet. But, yeah. Are you going to line up some more? For sure. With some other players? You know, I would... So I would I would like to. Um, Devin and I were talking off camera, and he, he's like a big bro to me already now. Um, we've been talking a little bit the last couple of days. He's been trying to help me keep my head up because I was like pretty down about how much how much hate I was receiving because I haven't received hate like this. And uh, so we were thinking about partnering, becoming like um, just a side company and it's more like a promotional thing for other like basketball to do this. Basketball players. I would like to do something um, where we can get like other people involved, but Dev, ha Dev has so many contacts with NBA players. So we're going to try and do stuff with like the NBA um, and just do like a pros versus Joes type thing. It's like YouTubers versus bas or basketball YouTubers versus actual basketball yeah, players, huge. you know, um, pros. So, but my next, my next one's versus AJ LePray, hopefully. Um, In LA? Maybe. We we did play one-on-one. -on -one. I can't tell you the results of that because it's not up yet, and it's an Under Armour brand deal. We're debuting a certain person's new shoe for the game, um, which I really can't like give too much details about yet. That's sweet, but, though. Um, but hopefully we can do a, a, like a rematch or something for a pay-per-view, mm -hmm. which would be cool. But it won't be for a little bit because of all the heat that we're taking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, That'd be bad. This is just straight-up 1v1, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like the best, best of five, best of best, of five. best of five, best of seven to like maybe seven or eleven points. Ones and twos are all ones or something. It's just a one on one. Like if we <laughs> just went to the rack and watched somebody play basketball, but the people that are playing have an audience. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's that's really cool. It, it's really cool. I mean, like, yeah, I knew one day I could make money from playing basketball, but I thought it'd be professionally, which I am trying to still play professional basketball, but I. I guess you know where I'm going with this, you know, like make money from recording myself playing basketball, whether that's me training or um, 1v1s or 5v5s or something like that. But I want to put it into real estate. <laughs> hey, let's do it. That's what I want to do. So you talked a little bit about Under Armour. Are, do you have any brand deals or are you trying to secure any brand deals for yourself? 
Yeah, I work with a company called Long Haul Management, and they bring in a whole bunch of brand deals for me every month. Um, I'm I'm partnered with Manscaped actually. So if you want some, if you want some clean shaven balls, I'm already on top. <laughs> use my promo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Manscaped, uh, Under Armour, and Adidas, and Gatorade, and um, that one was actually pretty cool, the Gatorade one, because we debuted uh, Paul George's shoes a while ago, the Gatorade shoes. And it was like a creator-exclusive type deal. Um, current, Yeah, there's a whole bunch of brand deals. There's a whole bunch going around. But big shout-out to Long Haul Management because they work their ass off to bring everything. Do you have the same code for all of them? Like, what would your code be for uh, people to get these deals? Actually, Manscaped just got rid of the code. It would just be the link. But it's my last name and then the number 20 if they still have it. But it, I'm pretty sure it just runs off of a link. It's like manscaped.com slash Friga20, but I'm pretty sure it changed. So I'm not sure. These are the things you need to know, D. I know. Well, actually, they send me the link that I put there. To oh, I see. I see. You know, I just copy and paste yeah. it because I have like a strict yeah, 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 yeah. description I have to have. But it's cool working with all the brands and stuff in it. And, like, it's interesting meeting the people that, like, run a lot of the social media and the management, like, run the company because they're they're just regular people. Mm-hmm. You ever thought about making your own, uh, like, basketball shoe or shorts? Um, I have, uh, I, have cl- I have a clothing line. Um, but I'd like, my next step is book bags, like, basketball bags. That's the next one. I just think that would be a really big market. What's the main issue you see with basketball bags now? The main issue, I just feel like you don't necessarily have enough space for all of your stuff. Like most bags you can carry. And the thing with a lot of kids now is they have more than one pair of shoe with them at basketball, like high school games or AAU games, travel tournaments. You you go across the country with your AAU teams and stuff. I feel like you only have enough room for a couple pairs of shorts, some tights, and one pair of shoes. But I think you should have room for, like, maybe two or three pairs in there and a basketball, you know, and then, like, on the side, you can have... I just feel like it might be a kind of a, a bigger, bulkier bag, more of, like, a duffel bag looking like a ba- uh, uh, book bag, but I got to do all the design stuff. I'm working with a company right now. I can't remember their name, but... Yeah, I mean, I know tennis is different because you have a racket, but some of those guys have like, they look like legit suitcases just double strapped on their back. Yeah, <laughs> like they're yeah. massive. Everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean that goes with like any sport though, right? Because you have hockey players take like four sticks per game. Um, I mean basketball players, yeah, it would make sense to have a couple pairs of shoes for sure. So if you could definitely find you know a problem within the market and address that, you'll. So, you know, you'll sell a decent amount of bags for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan, hopefully. So, Chase, do you have any good stories for, for with, with Kyle? Kyle uh, had mentioned to me a little bit about you getting chased out of a house with a shotgun. I was curious to hear that story. <laughs> Dude, you should, before you explain that, you should explain, like, what type of houses you used to wholesale. Because that would build yeah, context. It's pretty crazy, like, yeah. Like, because... When, when I first reached out to you about like doing some real estate stuff, I was like, hell yeah, we're about to go see these million-dollar mansions. <laughs> but dude, like, I hopped and chased because Well, because he picked me up in a nice Alfa Romeo. Obviously, he doesn't have it anymore. And he's like, he's 20, 23, wow, 22. 22, 23 years old. Picks me up in the Alfa. He's got like a couple hundred grand in his bank account. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, we're about to go see some, <laughs> we're gonna go see some houses. We go to this house, it's like $4,200. And I was like, what? We walked through, the, the wall almost fell on me. We walked in and he grabbed the handle and the door handle came off and he kicked the door in. I was like, damn. But anyway, there's a context. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so basically my niche is more so less like very low income houses because they're, they're like the bread and butter for a lot of these like groups where they're cheap so we can like sell them to these companies that fix them and then sell them to like overseas investors and people just like looking for investment properties. It's more that niche, less high end. I was not chased out of a house with a shotgun. So, <laughs> so you weren't? No. 
you remember the one time we were driving together though and we were like uh uh behind that one truck and he gets out oh my god he was hanging out of his car screaming at us yeah i don't even think we did anything to him no i don't remember that that was crazy yeah yeah so basically it's just low-end homes i'm in all day and selling them investment properties and stuff like that it's basically our niche so i found kind of what worked for me and it's easy and i like doing it and that's where i'm sticking at now but yeah Oh, yeah. Have you flipped so, any nice houses? Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's basically it. Pretty much broccoli. I make my houses nicer in the hood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying something? I was just gonna say, in terms of you know some advice that you would have for people that are looking to do what you're currently doing. And, you know, they just want to start, but they don't necessarily know where to start. What would you tell them or, you know, I would say just get out there and start talking to people and start like getting as exposed as you can and just meeting people and meeting people and meeting people. Because I think like this transpires, I think, in other businesses, too, but like your connections and your network can help you like solve like any problems. And like if you can meet the right people and like. I've just met so many people and whether they've been good or bad, I've like gained some sort of knowledge from them or something that I took away from them. And all like the more pieces you have, I think the farther you can get. So like, just get out there and meet people. And if you're going to try to do wholesaling, just start talking to sellers, start talking to buyers, start seeing how you can add value to somebody. Like if you have a buyer that's looking for a house here, just maybe start marketing in that area, put your deals on Facebook, put, there's just so many ways to make it work. And I started literally with $0 and I had no money in my bank account. And I was literally cutting up cardboard boxes and putting them on poles. And I, it's just going out there and reading online and just try, trying to like, just make whatever action you can make is not going to hurt you. You can only gain from it. So just constantly. Did you learn trying. anything about real estate in college? Nothing. <laughs> it's it also to go off of that it's good to be motivated by like the things you see but don't forget that not everything is for everybody no because yeah. i start i tried to do wholesaling and stuff with chase and i found out like that i was just like yeah i don't think this is for me yeah. as much as i wanted it to be because i know how much money people make from it and i just like i think at the time was i was really struggling and stuff um I wanted money, you know, and everybody wants to like start the business, have money, this mm-hmm. and they see people doing it. Like I was motivated seeing you 22, 23 years old, like just doing it, man. And then I get into it with you and I'm just like, man, I don't think this is for me. So it's also good to find out that something might not be for you, you know, because then there's other opportunities. Yeah. It's an industry. You got to have a pulse on a lot of stuff going on at the same, like it's, uh, yeah in the beginning like you got to know your lingo real estate has a lot going on like every business you got to get to learn yeah that's a good point like what let those materialistic things be your motivation but i'm sure like you guys would probably both agree like once you have those materialistic things like is it really that different than it was just junk now it's just the watches the cars it's the only the only thing i really have right now is my car yeah it's like the tesla yeah that's like the only that's the only thing i'm just like but, I, but I'm happy about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Work for it. Like, yeah, I mean, you got, like, by all means, like, hard work, that's what you get, but, like... Um, Everyone should taste it a little bit, though. I think you have to. I think yeah. you have to, like, do it. But then I think after a while, it's kind of, like... It just doesn't matter, bro. Like, What's seriously, you, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think... I was so much happier sitting at Thanksgiving with my mom and my brother, like, just my family... And like my like my girlfriend was over too, and everybody's there. We we're just laughing and everything. We we made like I don't know. There was there was so much more happiness in the things I've already had in life than the things that I tried to get by the wrong reasons. And and I and I tasted it. We spent forty three grand on tour, and I was just like, fuck yeah, like this is cool. And then we get back, and I was just like, what do we do? Yes. <laughs> you know, and and it was it was bad, like just thinking yeah we had it all when we were on tour we were doing this we we're in the rv we're, 
Actually, I will say, side note, it was awesome traveling with my best friends. That was the coolest part. But when we were spending the money, it was just like, it was not what everyone makes it seem like, you know? So. I think once you start making it, it turns into something else. It's kind of like a longevity and like a a later thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like delayed gratification, like let's investments and stuff like that. That's kind of what I'm getting into. And um, it's not really all about like the watches and stuff like that. It's, yeah. Or the cars. Even though they are cool at first. I think you do have to taste it. Yeah. Jen, you should. You should taste it. Everybody. You deserve wants, it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants that. Like, right. Generational wealth. That's what, Absolutely. that's what I'm going for. Legacy wealth. Yeah. I was just going to say, people should enjoy themselves. You know, if you work this hard for it, um, to your point, it's like the materialistic things can make you happy for a little bit. It could trigger that dopamine high. And then you have it, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's you know, it's not any different than this car is not any different than the ten thousand dollar car that I, you know, had in the past, right? It still gets me to where I need to go. Um, but to your point, it's like those memories and and enjoying them with your friends and maybe traveling a little bit, having those experiences, paying for those experiences. Um, you know, that's gonna last a lot longer, and that's gonna leave a mark on your legacy more than some of these tangible items will. So like. I think it's turning more into, I like making more money because then I can create more businesses and add more value and just keep it rolling and stuff like that. Like I enjoy that more than going out, but it's definitely good to treat yourself. Like I'm sure like when you have a good video or something, you like go out and like maybe get a good dinner and like oh, buy dude, a yeah, piece we went of clothes. To, yeah. We went to a steakhouse in Houston the other day and it was like ridiculously expensive, but it, but there wasn't a second thought like damn, maybe we shouldn't be here, you know? It was just like, you know, we, we deserve this. We work for it. Let's, let's enjoy it. Yeah. But, That's what life's about is enjoyment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Traveling's fun, yeah. So I kind of want to backtrack just a little bit. We had talked about networking, and we had talked about college. And I'm sure we've all been to some formal networking event in college. Did you ever really find value from those? Because we have... You know, we have listeners that are in high school that are in college or looking for a career path. And um, I've gone to a few when I was in, in college, just different networking events for careers and, and whatnot. Did you ever really find value in those if you've, you know, if you went to any of those? I mean, if that's really what you want to do is be in business and stuff like that, sure, you're going to get like values if you want to like be in the system. But if you want to be an entrepreneur and stuff like that, I don't really think that that's really... I just really don't think college is the right thing anymore in society. I think it's very broken, and I think it's really messed up to take somebody out of high school and throw them into an institution where they're supposed to have their whole life figured out. You know what I mean? I just think it's a waste of money. It's You're putting these kids in mountains of debt, and I, don't, I haven't t- spoken to any of the kids that I was really friends with in college or any of the stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thinking of the... What was what was the word you use of the collective groups getting together? What was that? Mentor something? I don't know. Network? Ne- yeah, the networking groups. <laughs> you get together the networking things, seminars, whatever. It depends what you go for. I mean, if you go to genuinely network with people, okay, I can see the value in it. But I feel like the real networking comes from the transparency of like just meeting people like random in the real world. You know, like just going out and you ran into somebody because you heard them talking about real estate. Or going and you just see a random person vlogging on the side of the street. Or you overhear somebody in the next room talking and they're like, welcome back to my next podcast. Or you see a kid. Or you see a kid. Or be like, yo, I have a podcast too. And then you talk to them and then you're like on their podcast. And now everybody from their podcast knows about yours and vice versa. So just kind of breaking down our three markets here. But, um, and then going with the whole college thing, man, I... I, for entrepreneurs specifically, I hate college, but I will say the networking inside of it's beautiful because you're surrounded by people your age. And a lot of, a lot of college students turn entrepreneurs because school fucking sucks for some people. Now, if you just, if you want, if you were seven years old and you had heart surgery and you were motivated because now you want to become a surgeon because they just saved your life, go to school, hundred percent, become a surgeon, be the best fucking surgeon you can be. Because now you have a reason, you know, there's, if you need to go to school to become that person you want to become, go to school, go all in, but, but buy 
anything I can say, like seriously, go all in on everything, man. Because if you're not, if you don't want to actually do it, then just don't do it, you know. Yeah. But and that's the thing is we fall into that. That's what college does, is we think we have to do stuff. Puts you in the system. You got an accounting degree because accounting accounting is a really good skill. And honestly, like I did need that, but. I think that that doesn't need to be a four-year liberal arts degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think grad school is a lot more important than this undergrad stuff, like something more focused. Well, but, we go through 12 years of regular school, right? And then some in kindergarten, preschool, whatever. And then four years of college, but we're never actually taught like taxes and things about politics, unless you choose to, right? I think that's something we need to be taught in high school. Taxes, How to manage your like money, that. real yeah. estate, yes, tax code. Things you should put your money into because kids are making money minimum wage right now. and um, No budget. Yeah, and the, just think about like if you went through four years of high school working and then four years of high school college, that's eight years that you could have put money away. And now as soon as you get out and you know about taxes, you know about real estate, you know where to put you your can money. You can buy a house. Not spend yeah. your money. You can put it into something like what Chase does and you can have residual income. Whether that's even... I know you talk about not having like rental properties, but that's a personal preference. You know? 100%. If somebody that goes eight years saving money can put it into a property that generates them 1400 a month. Now that money didn't go anywhere. It only just regenerated it. Yeah, and there's a lot of tax benefits with that too. It's a, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a lack of information and knowledge to the young kids today in society. I, I think college is really broken right now. It's It's... Expensive for the wrong reasons. It's its own business. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's exactly what it's it tough is. too, because they, they make it seem like in four years, like you have to have a decision made for one or the other. Yeah, your whole life. And like they like, spent two hundred grand on it. It doesn't make sense. Especially <laughs> us, because we went to fucking schools that charge like fifty grand. It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, yeah, asking, you probably have to, you, you you have to pay everything because your parents are rich. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I had to pay some back, but like, okay, so how much did it cost to live in a dorm? Like uh, ten grand a year? Well, like, five, like eight, eighty-five hundred for me at least. It was like five to ten. Grand. I think it was like eleven grand. This is like twenty grand a year. Yeah. And it's like so much more room. It's like it's they're just like jack up everything. It's ridiculous. And this is a pretty much like a two bedroom apartment, and it's a lot nicer than like the prison cells you're putting there. It's just ridiculous. They're just that trying you to share with people. Yeah, yeah. like two I mean, other people. Yeah. In a room like this, less than half this big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. School is very outdated. It's. But, I mean, you got to think yeah. too that it was also like nothing's changed since it was originally like laid out and manufactured for factory workers. Right? Can you follow this system? Can you do this procedure? Um, and, and to your point about... I think a lot's changed just for the wrong reasons. I think all these schools are not building on the education and they're more building on the attractiveness to bring kids in there yeah. for a good time rather than for the education. And if you look at the price of colleges, they've increased something like 800% in the past 30 years. I think you just hit it with the whole good time thing because it's sad as fuck that my, my best four years, well... <laughs> At least the last two years were great. Like that was amazing of college, you know. Mm-hmm. But I spent eighty grand to have the best two years, you know. <laughs> right. Like um, Yeah. But again, if you're listening to this, don't get it wrong. That it does it, it is for some people. Yeah, and I'm not and telling people just to drop out of college. People. Like it's it's not for yeah. It's all it's all opinion based too, you know, because we could be wrong. I mean, if I wouldn't have gone to college, I wouldn't have vlogged my life as a D three hooper. You know exactly. what I mean? So, yeah. so like I, I can look at it and I'm thankful that I went. I'm so happy I went to college. I'm just saying entrepreneurially, as or as an entrepreneur, I don't think it's the best option. Now I'm not gonna sit here and be like, no, fuck college. I wish I wouldn't have went because without it, I wouldn't be exactly where I'm at mm-hmm. right now. I, this probably wouldn't even be where it is right now either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Case, yeah. I never went. But like, um, I guess, you know, yeah, that's too. I mean, like with college too, like they had the entrepreneurship program at John Carroll, which did you, I did know, you do it? I took a few courses in it. The only reason I liked it is because it was the only course at school where they said, um, you need to think of an idea that would be useful and practical and put a presentation together gather data tell us why or how it would be used and like you kind of form your own little business plan and like that was the first class where i could kind of like be creative and 
try to think of a solution to something. I wasn't like handed a textbook and said, if you don't memorize these 30, 40 pages, you're going to get an F. That's fair. It, it's also, also based on the teacher too, you know. That, like that some, was huge. Some yeah. professors are, they have it. Some, some people actually know how to teach. I hated this one writing class that I had to do, but I actually felt like I learned something. Now, I mean, I don't use it today, yeah. but when I was in the class and I had to get good grades because of basketball, because I had to be eligible, like I genuinely felt like I learned stuff. So I, I see what you're saying with like the class that actually matters. You know, you got to do stuff on your own, mm-hmm. come up with a problem. So. Yeah, I think college is just tough. Like, I mean, it's definitely, it is for some people and other people it's not. Like, I was a horrible test taker. And when you're graded in college on tests, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. But like, I was, you know, I was someone who, if you give me a problem and, you know, we have to try to figure out a solution, you work through scenarios, you talk with other people, those kind of things. Like, those are just different than being handed a test and saying, like, figure out these answers, A, B, C, or D. Because in the real world, you're not going to be handed with a situation and there's not going to be like some person, some angel on your shoulder saying, all right, you either have A, B, C, or D, you have to pick the right one, right? Like there's no right or wrong answer. You just got to Some of the best problem out. solvers aren't the best school problem solvers. Right. You know what I mean? Like some of the best problem solvers for life's problems. Yeah, 100%. Don't know the answer and there sometimes isn't the right answer sometimes you gotta sometimes not knowing the right answer is the right answer (laughs) i agree i think some people get lost that sometimes they think that their real world knowledge of what they have can transition into the classroom and vice versa you know just because you get those straight a's those straight a's in, in the classroom you could lack so much common sense and when it comes to just street smarts you have no clue where to go or what to do Right. So then you just put yourself in a position where you're stuck behind the desk um, because that's where you feel comfortable because, you know, procedures, you know how to follow rules, you know, you know, where to where to work your way up next. Um, and, and that's what you know, that's what people like to do, which is fine. If, if that's the life that you like, then that's that's great. Uh, but if you do want to, you know, kind of go against the status quo and build a life um, by your own means necessary, then. You know, being that entrepreneur is, you know, that's more of the way uh, that you should go. But to that point, it's like we've all taken like these high school classes, these college courses that are gen eds that are terrible, right? So like I've taken world music and I, I was a finance major, right? And I, and I played sports, uh, sports as well in college. And I would have loved to have learned how to file taxes and, you know, diversify my portfolio and especially, you know, back to, the point that you guys were making before in terms of these kids, we live in a, in an age of social media and these kids are pulling in hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, each year. Right. And they could be in middle school and high school. They have no idea what to do with their money and their parents think that they know what's best for them. So they're probably maybe investing it, maybe not investing it. Who knows? Um, but if, if there were classes that kind of talk to like, all right, if you have this money, here's what maybe you should do with it. Thankfully, I took a, a class in high school in like 10th grade where it was about like starting a Roth IRA. And like I went and started my own Roth IRA. And, and meanwhile, I was a junior in college and people had no idea what a Roth IRA was. I'm like, well, fuck, I learned this like, you know, five, six years ago. Um, and but like I, I just kind of feel bad for people because not everybody has the same opportunity to, to get that great education. However, the internet's free and there's a lot, you know, you could obviously teach yourself anything and everything on the internet from all these different sources. Um, so, you know, I think that you, you have the time too to teach yourself. So people should definitely take advantage of, you know, the age that we live in nowadays with just social media and the internet in general. But it, yeah. I also think, you know, back to that networking a little bit, it's, networking with the right people, not necessarily about the quantity of people. You got to network with the right people and those college fairs, those career fairs that people get caught up in all the time. You're surrounded by you're, you're in this huge convention center with usually a thousand people and you get 20 seconds to give a sales pitch to yourself, your elevator pitch to these people. When you wait in a line for like 45 minutes, 
and usually everybody's go with the same companies. They usually pick the bigger companies like DHL or Amazon or Apple, whatever the case may be. And you're waiting in these lines, but at the end of the day, you're just going to hand over your resume and, and people are really going to remember you at all. I like, I always love to network with smaller groups and just, uh, you know, more niche specific to what I'm going for than stuffing myself in a convention center. And I've done both. Like I've done the whole uh, downtown Pittsburgh convention center job fair and it was just terrible I, I had really no takeaway other than what i didn't like and what i didn't want to do just because nobody nobody's going to remember your name if there's a thousand people in there even if you try even if you have the best elevator pitch in the world i i still find it hard to believe that somebody's gonna remember you from that 30 seconds that you pitched them at that you know that point in time give them something to remember by like what are you doing different right everybody in this call right now is doing something different and you're standing out for it. So I think that uh, some people just don't necessarily need, need to get caught up in, you know, doing what society wants them to do if it's not what they want to do. You know, society will judge you for the wrong reasons. And it's because you're trying to get away from the status quo. It's a little bit of a rant there, but <laughs> we're good. We're good now. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense sure all right kyle did you want to get into another question um i guess you know as 2020 comes to a close like you guys have you guys planned out 2021 do you guys have anything you're you know that's like kind of you know scared to make that jump in 2021 kind of thing not scared i'm actually really excited there you go yeah, I got some things going on kind of behind the scenes right now. I kind of want to keep it hush-hush, but I got some things that I'm working on with some people. I think it's going to be big. I was talking to Devante last night about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fun. I'm sure you got a whole bunch of adventures set up. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take a little bit more of a break from posting so much. Um, I really want to focus on just feeling creative again because I fell into the YouTube hole of, you know, if I post as much as I can, we can make as much as we can. And that's I I'm I just don't want it to be focused on money, you know. Like I want to be able to focus on, like I said, feeling creative again. Um, and the biggest one's just being a professional basketball player. Uh, I'm about to sign to an agency, and I'm looking at possibly playing in Germany there for three months. So um, that's that's the next step in creating just I guess. Uh, more sources or different streams of income and i'd like to put my money to work uh you know that's the next step man is just making more money make money and then um a lot of charity and giveaway things because there's a lot i can do with the platform i have right now so that's 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 really awesome yeah that's awesome so for people that want to connect with you online could you just say your handles for them to find you on YouTube and Instagram? Yeah, my Instagram, my Instagram is dfriga98 and spelled out D-F-R-I-G-A and then the number is 98. And that's on every platform. And then if you just type in YouTube, just my last name, Friga, F-R-I-G-A, it'll come up there. Um, those are my handles. You can find it. It's, for the most part, everything's the same everywhere. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and I advise you if you want to start on social media, making all of your handles the exact same. Uh, that's the one tip I will give since we are here at that topic. Right, right. <laughs> and Chase, what about yourself? Um, you can find me at Instagram cwhite seventy seven. Uh, and yeah, that's that's my social media presence. <laughs> but you also got your uh, your company, Cleveland Cash Offers. Yeah, you can reach out to us. I mean, it's mainly just offers. in the Cleveland Cleveland area, but yep. Which your boy used to run the Cleveland Cash Offers Instagram and Facebook page. Oh yeah, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> you did, you, you did like create a that. Month or two, I did. <laughs> I actually, what's funny is I I got um one of your messages on your Facebook, your Cleveland Cash Offers came up in my messenger the other day, and it was like Clee Cash Offers, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, so I complete because I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't delete the actual message, but I deleted it for my notifications because I was like, I did not know I was still on that account on Facebook. Uh, he might be again, but I got it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> as we wrap up, do you guys have any questions for us? 
Um, when are you guys getting a video side to your podcast? A video side. It's yeah. actually really funny you mentioned that. Um, Cam was just talking. We had we had one guy come over and um, and uh, when we were in Denver and he helped us film a or do photo shoot for us for our upcoming launch and he was just talking to Cam about how like it'd be interesting if we had like a video version format of the podcast. Um, so I think it's funny you mentioned that. I think it's probably something that we'll try testing out because then it gives you a little bit more of like a visual representation of the yeah. of the voice. You guys should do it. Only reason I ask is because I believe you should do it because how interesting would it have been today to have like a flash or from somebody that's in Colorado, you know? Yeah. Um, just talking back here. And this is just from what I know from social media because it's interesting. Nobody else is doing it that way, you know? And a lot of people have to do things online right now, but... They don't really know how, so if you guys are doing it, then you can be a showcase for why people should do it as well. That's the only reason I brought it up. But, hell yeah, that's good news. Yeah, it's just some good shit. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, thank you guys both. Really, really appreciate having you guys both on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Nice talking to you.